This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those who are like Paul, who are turning their community around, those who are like Paul, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, Satan knows about you. And I'm sure Satan doesn't know much about a lot of people who call themselves Christians, because you're not much of a threat. You'll leave you alone. If you have been walking through trials, you're on the right track. Satan isn't going to attack someone who isn't a threat to him. He is going to go after those who are doing good things for God. If you have smooth sailing, you may want to ask yourself when the last time was that you did something for the Lord. You may be sidelined from trials because of your lack of enthusiasm for your salvation. And if you're in a trial now, count it all joy. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. Every time he puts it down, it's gone. Why we know that? Because the words are plural. Handkerchiefs and aprons. You know? Every time he puts it down, he says, Oy vey, got to get another one. Oy vey, yeah, what's going on? Where are my handkerchiefs going? Where are my aprons going? And then he hears people getting healed by them. Now, these miracles, there's a lot of people in these last days like to use these miracles, and they want to duplicate all these things. Paul didn't say, this is what I'm doing, because obviously Paul didn't initiate this. He's just working. He's just his apron. He could have took off his sandals, and that could have been healing people. And so, you know, people are just trying to make a lot out of everything. So now they want to get into this practice of handkerchiefs, and they say, hey, if you just call in and, and ask for one of these handkerchiefs, you know, so you could be healed, and all of a sudden now it's just a gimmick. It's almost like blasphemous. And all they're doing is just so you could call, and guess what? When they call, they call the hotline there so we could pray for you and call the hotline, send us, they just want your information. I'm not saying all of them, but most of them, they want your information. Why? So they can keep mailing you stuff. So you can keep all kinds of junk mail, email, call, phone calls. And now all they do that just to get you to become a monthly contributor. And it becomes a weekly contributor and a daily contributor, you know? But that's not what it was meant for. And I believe God can use these things. Yes, he can. But this here, he said, was unusual because it wasn't a plan. It wasn't a, a practice that they're supposed to, we were supposed to do. Paul didn't say, now do this. Now I want you all to start working hard. And when you sweat, you know, save your handkerchief and just send them out so people get healed. He didn't do that. But it parallels the consistency throughout the scriptures when it comes to regards to miracles and how God uses these things. The most important thing is that they point to the Lord. Uh, it parallels the miracle with the Apostle Peter. Remember in Acts chapter 5, verses 15 to 16. It says, so that, they, uh, so that they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. 
Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. The same thing with Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Whenever he entered into villages, cities, or countries, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as had touched him were made well. And I love this one here, the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years in Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 to 22, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment, for she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, Your faith has made you well, and the woman was made well from that hour. Notice two things, saints, here. Two things. First, who's the one that gives the miracle? God. God. And secondly, we can see that it is the faith. What did Jesus say to the woman? Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And so be careful with these practices. Again, I'm not saying these things cannot be used. But when you put so much emphasis on these items, as these items have power, avoid it. You know you don't need it. You know all you need is to just pray. Just pray to the Father. Why do you need to get these things? Especially if you're part of a fellowship like here. How many people come and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? Say, great. You know, what does, what does the Bible say to do? This is what the Bible says. Go to the elders so they may anoint you with oil. That we do because the Bible says we anoint you with oil. And when we pray, we always say, listen, you know it's not in the oil, right? We're just being obedient. The oil is a symbol. And because the Bible says for us to do it, that practice we do because the Bible tells us. It doesn't tell you to start getting aprons and handkerchiefs. And so we need to be careful. And so you have to remember, you know, Paul is in a place like Ephesus where there's a place of great suspicion and it was a culture filled with practices of magic and illusion. And so there are groups out there trying to find all these little things. And so this, I believe in this time, God is using these things because these people were not saved. They don't even know anything about faith. And so the Lord used these things just to let them know, hey, listen, I am more powerful than all those gods that you have and all those spirit and practices and all the magic and illusion. My healing is not an illusion. My healing is not magic. My healing is real and it's good. You're going to be made whole. And so in verse 13, then some of the interrogated Jews, exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirit, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And so now these itinerant Jews or vagabonds or traveling Jews, uh, they were not believers in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in Jesus. They're just using Jesus' name because the word got around that this guy named Paul, you know, is healing people. People have been healed through this guy named Paul, and he's preaching about a guy named, a man named Jesus. So I think we let us, why don't we do that? Let's use Jesus. And so they went around, uh, because in those days there were exorcists who, who were uh, exercised demons out of people for a fee. Uh, whether or not they were successful, you still had to pay them. And so they were trying to find the latest, oh, what's the latest thing out there? Oh, you know, the newest thing, guess what? Here's the new thing, a guy named Jesus. And so 
the guy who named Jesus, whom Paul preaches. It's dangerous. And so they, they, they wanted to use Jesus' name as some hocus-pocus formula. And so now in, in verses 13 and, and 14, we could see that this began to become a practice in that area. It became a practice. Now, remember, the culture in Ephesus was a dark culture. It was a dark world. And what they would do is they would go around and do all these practices. So now they find a new way of trying to exercise demons out of people because that's what they do. And it made its way to a group of Jewish people who, you know, really didn't believe anything, any of this stuff. It's not in Judaism. It's not in the Tanakh. It's not in the Old Testament. So whether these Jews who don't believe in Jesus are practicing this in this way, in this fashion. And so you can see the culture, how it influenced everyone. And so we read, when we read, we find, and when we get to verse 14, where it says also, it shows that this has been going around by a number of groups and maybe over a number of people. And so when it says also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so in verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, so they, they're going to rebuke him, right? We, uh, you know, we rebuke you in the name. When the people they say rebuke, I don't know why they say rebuke. It says, it says, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And this is what the evil spirit says. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in that place before. <laughs> or somebody started talking to you like that, you better run. Now, if you're, you believe you got nothing to worry about, but if you're not a believer, man, you better run. You see, the enemy knows Jesus, and he knows about Paul. You see, there are different variations of the verb know in the Greek. Here in verse 15, for you students, you may want to underline this. When the spirit, the demon, said, Jesus, I know, that know in your Bible is the word gnosko, meaning to know by interaction, by experience, and the demons really had some bad experiences with Jesus. They don't want to mess with Jesus. They fear Jesus. So they know Jesus enough that they're not even atheists. There's not an atheist demon. We know that, but they fear Jesus. Jesus, I know, that know is gnosko. And when he says, Paul, I know, that know is not gnosko, is another Greek word, epistema. And it's to know about or to understand. I gnosko Jesus, and I epistema you, Paul, but I don't know you. So he, they know Jesus. They know about Paul. And that tells us something because Satan knows his end. He knows there's a time for him. Remember when Jesus went to the other side of Galilee and the demons came out and said, Jesus, why do you have anything to do with us? Are you coming before time? They even know that there's a season when Jesus is going to put them all into eternal damnation. They're going to go into the lake of fire forever. And so they know that they will be doomed. So they fear him. For those who are like Paul, I'm not talking about carnal Christians. I'm not talking about Sunday morning Christians. I'm talking about those who are like Paul, on fire for Jesus. Those who know this, they know this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those who are like Paul, who are turning their community around. Those who are like Paul, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Satan knows about you. And I'm sure Satan doesn't know much about a lot of people who call themselves Christians because you're not much of a threat. He'll leave you alone. Many times, you know, when those are of the Lord, the enemy always wants to attack. Spiritual warfare. If you haven't had any experience of spiritual warfare, I'm not saying your roof caved in, 
You need to pay your bills. I'm not saying you got to lay off from work. No, that's everyday life. Those things happen to all of us. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. You can feel it. If you don't experience that, you're not in battle. The enemy's not having war against you because you're okay. What do you mean by okay? You're not doing anything. You're no threat. I want to be in a place where the enemy knows me. He knows me. He knows about me. More importantly, he knows that Jesus was in me. That's the important thing. You remember when saying, ask for Peter. What did Jesus say to Peter? Luke chapter 22, verses 31, 32. He says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Satan knows who's the players. Satan knew that this is the Peter. I got to keep my eye on this guy, Peter. Yeah, he's always talking foolishly. He gets his food in his mouth. But when Jesus asked who the people say I am, it was Peter who said, you're the son of the living God. Hmm, guess what? That guy's trouble. We're going to watch him. And he asked for him, and Jesus prayed for him. The Lord prayed for Peter. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, Jesus always prayed. Did Jesus stop praying for us? No, he, doesn't. he has not stopped praying for you or for me. If he prayed for Peter, then he's going to pray for each and every one of us. And here in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of Father making intercession for you and I daily. The same way he prayed for Peter. So you don't have to worry about the enemy. You don't. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't worry at all. I'm telling you, you shouldn't fear. Without Jesus, you better fear. Here's another one, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives, he always lives to make intercession for them. Always lives to make intercession for us. That is his heart. He lives for that. You know, I had these co-workers before and two young guys, you know, and... Um, they knew my faith, and every now and then they would question, and sometimes they would mock, and they would question, like, they would ask questions, like, you know, if it was foolishness. And then one time they asked me the question and said, you know, what, what do you think about aliens and UFOs? I said, he said, do you believe there's aliens? I said, I believe that they are aliens, but they, you call them aliens, I call them demons. They're demons. They're demonic. All these experiences that people have is demonic. It's evil. You want to label the aliens? Go ahead, by all means. They're demons. And when I said that, they're like, they shocked. No more joking around. The next day, no joking around. I said, what do you mean by demons? I said, well, you know, they're in another dimension. You know, they're not like with us, you know, third dimension. You know, they come in and out. That's why they're demonic. They're in another realm. And then he got even more frightened. These are two rookie guys, you know. And, and I let them, you know, I just kind of, you know, yeah, I didn't want to pick on them too much, but, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the nice guy. They come to me because I'm approachable. You know, people who had time, my time, guys in my time, they'll say, listen, rookie, rookie should be seen, not heard. That's what they would say. Don't talk to me, rookie, you know? But I was approachable. I reached out to everybody. And so, you know, they got a little comfortable, you know? They were mistaken, you know, all kinds of kindness for weakness, whatever. They're trying to, and I, now they're shocked. Now they're scared. And then here's the thing. Here's the dangerous thing. This is the reason why I say this. Because one of those guys started studying about demons and all these, you know, he started getting books. He stopped. 
And I say, hey, so how's it going? I mean, you know, you say you're going to look into it. You're going to look into the Bible, the scriptures. You're going to, no, I started buying these books about the dark. And I said, but I couldn't do it no more. You don't want to mess with that. I say, you don't want to mess with that. Why would you want to mess with that? You know, you got one that's more powerful. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, they fear the Lord. They tremble at his name. The conversation, I kind of paraphrased, goes a while ago, but he said, you don't fear him? No, I don't. I don't fear him because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And when one accepts Jesus Christ, who comes into your heart? The Holy Spirit. So what does that mean for a Christian? What does that mean for a Christian? There's no such thing as a Christian who's a believer, accepted Jesus Christ, Lord, a personal Savior, who's demonically possessed. No such thing. There's a lot of false teachings out there. Well, yeah, well, you demon possessed. No, God is not into time sharing. He's in your heart. It's only him in your heart. That's it. It's not a battle. Okay, you know, he's going to kick the Holy Spirit out of your heart. Are you kidding me? God kicked him out of heaven. He's going to kick him in your heart, your little heart. Are you kidding me? And so this is a thing that, that, you know, people are worried. But here, who's praying for you right now? Jesus. Sit at the right hand of the Father. Here's the heavy artillery in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. John writes, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who is he that is in you? Christ, the Holy Spirit. And who is he that's in the world? Satan is in the world. Who's the prince of the earth? Satan. Greater is he, the Holy Spirit, is in you right now. We studied this last week. The power that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. That power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that the enemy cannot push out of your heart. Unless you want the enemy in your heart, you see. And so that's the artillery right there. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. These sons of Sceva, they're trying to, you know, use Jesus' name of whom Paul preached. We exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. What does that tell? People think that, you know, you can have a second-hand relationship with Jesus. Paul is in the middle. Yes, Paul, yeah. How, do you, how, how can you use Jesus' name? Well, we know Paul, you know, he's a cool guy. You know, he likes me. I can use that name. No, it's not the way it works. There's some people who believe, well, because their parents are Christian, they're Christian. Like it's some kind of family tree name or some. Here's the family art of coat armor. You know, yeah, we 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 all from grafted in. No, no, you're not. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you yourself, in order to have Christ in your heart and have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It cannot be a Jesus whom uh, Pastor Eddie preached. It's not the Jesus whom Billy Graham preached. It's not the Jesus who Chuck Smith preached. But it's the Jesus who's in Paul. Is the Jesus who's in me. Is Jesus alone. And so now, these guys are in big trouble. They go to this demon. This demon says, Jesus I know. Paul I know about. Who are you? And what happened in verse 16? Then the men whom the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They got a beat down. That's embarrassing. You know, really. I know for sure these guys are not going to practice anything. They're going to find another kind of business. Because now they had a beat down with their pants on the ground. Holy, you know, demonic spirit. It's supernatural. It's some serious stuff. People think it's not real. It is real. In Mark chapter 5, it tells us about a man who was demonically possessed. And they couldn't put a chain and shackles on him because every time he broke it. There's some real power. And let me tell you, in my line of work, I've seen that. There were six of us wrestling one guy who was out of control. I knew what it was. Six of us. Now, okay, I'm short. I got the guy's legs. <laughs> but the other guys were big. We're talking about these guys, 
they're professional bodybuilders. No, but they were big. And it was six of us and couldn't hold them down. Sorry, that's what I had to deal with before giving a Bible study. <laughs> what a life, right? It was fun, fun. Anyway, in verse 17, this became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and a total 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. They say, wait a minute. You know, all these books, remember the book of Ephesians spells, that was the, the kind of the book that they had. 50,000 pieces of silver. They sold Jesus for almost 30 pieces. And let me tell you, the priests back there, they paid a lot of money. So that was a lot of money, 30 pieces of silver for one person. Can you imagine 50,000 pieces of silver? Those were expensive books. They were probably hard to get. And so the value of that estimated in our money today, they said it's anywhere it's estimated from $1 million to $5 million of books. That was an expensive bonfire. People just burned him up. Listen, this didn't do nothing. All illusions. They saw no real, anything real, authentic out of this. So they hope just put them all in the pile there and they burned the books. We need to clean house too. How many things that we have in our homes, in our pockets, that really shouldn't be on our person, shouldn't be in our homes. And we need to get rid of these things. I don't care how popular it is. And I go to the mall, they have this new place now in, in Middletown with these guys playing these cards. These are grown men. Grown men with beards playing cards. Trading cards, what kind of witchcraft stuff. You know, these magic cards and all these things, that's culted, that's demonic. You shouldn't have that. You have no part of it. All these movies, you're like Harry Potter and all that stuff, that's demonic. That glorifies witchcraft. And you say, oh, it's nothing. Keep on saying it's nothing. And what's going to happen? These are the things that offend God. These are the things that the Holy Spirit has been battling, fighting. And you as a believer, you shouldn't have these things. You shouldn't be a part of it. Oh, but everybody does nothing wrong. You're just being religious. Yeah, be religious. And then later on, you find out that there's problems and there's issues. Anything that's not a Lord burning, don't give it to somebody. If it's not good for you, you don't give it to somebody else, to a friend, because then you're not a real friend. If it's not good for you, it's no good for anybody. It's, it's, it's garbage, trash, burn it, get rid of it. We see how God is moving in such a time, in such an area as Ephesus. But it's amazing how one man like Paul, willing to sacrifice, willing to surrender his life and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, a whole region started giving their lives to the Lord. Just like today, you continue to serve the Lord. You go out there, love people. God bless you. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or a friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. 
from one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.